0: This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Rishi Sunak, Britain's Prime Minister, and Ursula von der Leyen, President of the European Commission, struck a deal on reforming Northern Ireland's post-Brexit trading arrangements. The new Windsor framework, as they dubbed it, allows goods, from Britain not bound for the EU to pass through a green lane, thereby largely avoiding customs checks. Mr Sunak hailed the agreement as a new chapter in his country's relationship with the EU and confirmed that Parliament would vote on it in due course. At least 63 people died when a boat carrying about 150 migrants sank off Italy's southern coast. More than a dozen children were among the dead. Some 105,000 people tried to claim asylum in Italy in 2022. Many crossed the Mediterranean Sea in flimsy vessels from North Africa. Italy's anti-immigration prime minister, Giorgia Maloney, expressed deep sorrow for the victims. Janet Yellen, America's Treasury Secretary, arrived in Kiev in a surprise visit meant to promote the non-military aid provided by her country. Echoing President Biden, Ms. Yellen said America would stand by Ukraine for, quote, as long as it takes. She also announced the distribution of the first $1.25 billion of a $9.9 billion aid package America has promised the country. Zoom said quarterly revenues rose by 4% year-over-year to $1.1 billion. The video conferencing service recorded a loss of $130 million, owing to stock-based compensation costs. Once the world's 65th most valuable company, Zoom is worth about the same as it was before the pandemic. The S&P 500 index, meanwhile, leapt by 24% over the same period. Bola Tanubu, of the ruling All-Progressive Congress Party, took an early lead in Nigeria's election. The definitive result is not expected for days. A new electronic voting system has been slow to release voting tallies. Usually a two-horse race, this year's competition was energized by Peter Obi, a third-party candidate who unexpectedly won Lagos State. Ueda Kazuo, the incoming governor of the Bank of Japan said he had ideas for tweaking the bank's ultra-loose policies, but believed a tighter approach was not yet needed. At the second parliamentary hearing in his confirmation process, Mr. Ueda argued that Japan's long-term inflation rate would have to rise first for policy to change. NASA and SpaceX, a rocketry firm founded by Elon Musk, Halted the launch of a spacecraft minutes before blast off after discovering a glitch in the machine's fuel ignition system. The craft was due to take four astronauts up to the International Space Station. The crew will now remain at the Kennedy Space Center in Florida until another attempt can be made. And fact of the day $1.1 trillion, the fall in global foreign exchange reserves between the end of 2020 and the third quarter of 2022.
1: And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Chicago's election America's third biggest city goes to the polls on Tuesday, with voters choosing from nine candidates for mayor alongside other city posts. The election is one of the first to test the mayor of a big American city since the end of the coronavirus pandemic. Lori Lightfoot, the incumbent, is struggling. Her chances of reaching the second round, if no candidate gets more than 50 percent, another election will be held on April 4th, are far from guaranteed. Most likely to get through is Paul Vallis, a right-wing-leaning former chief executive of the city's school system, backed by the Fraternal Order of Police, a union. His campaign has focused almost entirely on crime. If not Ms. Lightfoot, his probable opponent will be Jesus Chuy Garcia, a progressive Mexican-born congressman, or possibly Brandon Johnson, a charismatic left-winger backed by the teachers' union. In a city struggling with an identity crisis, that could make for a worryingly divisive contest. India's Economy A Global Bright Spot? On Tuesday, the Indian government releases its GDP data for the last quarter of 2022. Forecasts suggest that growth slipped to 4.6% year-on-year from 6.3% in the previous quarter. Inflation and the central bank's interest rate increases have hurt consumption while the global slowdown has hit exports. But India's economy remains a, quote, relative bright spot amid the worldwide economic gloom, according to the IMF. It expects India to be the fastest-growing big economy in the world in 2023, accounting for 15% of global growth. The ruling Bharatiya Janta Party has announced investments in infrastructure that it believes will propel the country into Amrit Kal, an auspicious period that heralds prosperity. Such bullishness, though, is not shared by ordinary Indians. According to a survey by the Center for Monitoring Indian Economy, a research outfit, less than a fifth of households believe their income will be higher a year from today. Student Loan Forgiveness at the Supreme Court Last August, President Joe Biden announced that the federal government would forgive up to $10,000 in student loan debt for borrowers earning less than $125,000 a year and up to $20,000 for the lowest earners. A flurry of lawsuits followed. On Tuesday, two of them reach America's highest court. Six states and two former students who owe money argue that the program, with a price tag of nearly a half trillion dollars, is an example of executive overreach. Mr. Biden's justification, the economic crisis caused by the pandemic, was merely a, quote, pretext, they argue, for fulfilling a campaign promise. In fact, he has no legal authority to forgive the debt, they claim. Mr. Biden defends the move by citing the HEROES Act of 2003, a statute that permits the Secretary of Education to, quote, waive or modify student financial assistance programs in a, quote, national emergency. It is up to the nine justices to decide whether some 26 million Americans will have their debts reduced. The Sole Winner of Syria's Disaster It will be a grim update. The United Nations Security Council meets on Tuesday to discuss the earthquakes of February 6th that killed about 6,000 people in Syria and about 44,000 in neighboring Turkey. Tens of thousands of Syrian families are now homeless. Schools, hospitals, and infrastructure were all badly damaged. The earthquakes compounded the misery caused by a decade of civil war. Aid has trickled into both the territory controlled by Syria's regime and into the rebel-held northwest of the country, but it is a fraction of what is needed. Only Bashar al-Assad, Syria's dictator, seems to have benefited. Long a pariah, he had been gaining a measure of acceptance among other Arab leaders as they realized he would not be overthrown. The quakes have sped that along. On Monday, Egypt's foreign minister made his first visit to Damascus since the war began. Saudi Arabia may be looking to reconcile with the regime. Syria's leader is determined not to let a good crisis go to waste. Republicans' War with the Words A triumphalist memoir is a telltale sign of a coming presidential campaign. Many Republicans mulling a bid for the presidency in 2024, such as Nikki Haley and Mike Pompeo, have already penned theirs. On Tuesday, Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor seen by most donors as having the best chance of defeating Donald Trump, releases his. Mr. DeSantis is not going for subtlety. The book's title is, quote, The Courage to be Free, Florida's Blueprint for America's Revival. Beneath the usual banalities, readers will be looking for signs of his positions on subjects such as foreign policy and trade, on which he has kept rather quiet while prosecuting culture wars. Mr. Trump, who sees his fellow Floridian as the greatest threat to his retaking the White House, plans to depict Mr. DeSantis as an enemy of old-age entitlement programs such as Social Security and Medicare. So far, there has been a cold war between the two men. It won't remain cold much longer. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 hours GMT on Friday, too. Quiz Espresso at Economist.com Monday What is the stage name of the rapper and record producer Sean Carter? Tuesday Which 19th century British medical reformer was also a statistical pioneer? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Michel de Montaigne, who was born on this day in 1533.